Welcome to the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. I'm Guy Gordon, and as you know, each month we're going to be talking with a special guest for a, a very in-depth discussion about the electrification of our transportation ecosystem. And we're talking new battery technology, ride-sharing, the latest EVs to consumer habits in an EV world. We hope to give you a preview of what is to come as the world races toward electrification. And this is all part of Powering Tomorrow presented by Clarios. And you know that you can subscribe to Powering Tomorrow uh, and have them down Downloaded each month through iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with the Chief Sustainability Officer of Clarios, Adam Mueller-Weiss, who is going to talk with us about retooling the battery economy. Adam, uh, welcome. Uh, thanks, Guy. Pleasure to be here. I know you're coming off the heels of, of, of testifying about this before Congress. If you can just kind of give us a, what was the main message uh, to the, the decision makers and then those that are going to help guide us through this? Uh, well, first, first and foremost, the, the demand for energy storage for, for batteries is going to uh, increase exponentially. The Department of Energy uh, estimates that we need a fourfold increase by 2030 alone, and that's for mobility and for stationary applications. So so when you think about that kind of increase in the need for batteries, it requires materials. It requires you know the responsible management of those materials, uh, you know sustainable, resilient sourcing. It requires understanding how those materials can be used for the right application so you can get the most value out of them. And then ultimately, when those batteries come to an end of life, uh, can can those materials be recaptured, reused, especially when you're talking about scarce and and not readily available materials, you know, particularly in the United States or, or or elsewhere. So if you have some of these limited sources of materials, you want to treat them incredibly carefully. In in terms of of how we're addressing this uh, as a nation and an industry, um, what other coalitions or what other think tanks are working on this uh, kind of a Gordian knot, especially when we see competing battery technologies and really not knowing what part of the battery economy we're retooling? Well, well, first and foremost, when it comes to coalitions, there's a lot of smart people working on this. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be part of a coalition that we created with with several automakers, uh, some of the aftermarket retailers and large users of batteries called the Responsible Battery Coalition. Okay. That group is working with academics, uh, the University of Michigan and, and others to try to figure out how do we responsibly manage the batteries, uh, not only today, but tomorrow and take some of the lessons learned. Uh, we've also been... A, a key protagonist to create a global battery alliance because these materials and global batteries, uh, the the demand for batteries doesn't end at a border. So this is truly going to be a global transformation. If I take a step back, um, I I drove in today, I saw a 1976 Ford Ranchero. It was (laughs) powder blue and it stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, And you think about that, you know, that's about the vintage of my first car. And compared to the kind of cars we have today, it's just mind boggling. And I think one of the things we fail to do is kind of take a step back and figure out how did we get here uh, and what can we learn? Uh, I wish I had a crystal ball and I told Congress this, that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot yet to be determined. It, it's a bit like the world, uh, as I would imagine, uh, before Henry Ford introduced the Model T, when you had horses and cars sharing the road. Right. And there's challenges that we didn't even anticipate when you thought about more cars on the road. 
things like rules of the road or paved roads and and a lot of innovation a lot of uh, you know different dynamics as it, it, it related to global trade and materials and and what Henry Ford actually had to go through to set up the supply chain for the the Model T that's what it feels like today yes well the, the horses had their own emission problem and then Henry Henry Ford brought a whole new one to to the fore right and now we're looking at emission free vehicles to, to just tell you how how crazy and full circle this has come in terms of of you know in, in talking with General Motors for instance at the beginning of this the whole idea of scarcity of battery resources is an issue and I asked him about it and they said well you know that's a problem going in but we'll be able to recycle batteries and it won't be such a problem going going forward. Do we have the kind of mature recycling infrastructure that we need to be able to do that so that we're not so reliant on foreign countries or on scarcity of, of, the, of these uh, you know, precious metals or precious chemicals? Uh, absolutely. And it, it starts with what we do today. Uh, so our company at Clarios, uh, we operate the world's largest closed loop or circular system. That means the batteries we make, and we primarily make low voltage batteries that control the critical systems mm-hmm. for vehicles. Uh, those batteries are made from used batteries that we take back at the, the the point of either a repair shop, a dealer, or an auto parts store when a new battery is being purchased. We have the ability today to take the plastics, the active materials, and turn those right back into new batteries. Those lessons learned over the, the, the past 100 plus years can be applied to the next generation of products and, and chemistries. There's a, a few more nuances that obviously need to be considered, but it's a you know, GM is right. There are opportunities to uh, collect and recover these materials. Uh, that's what we're working on at Clarios with the Department of Energy. Starting, right. Uh, you know, the Department of Energy had a uh, a prize to actually identify some of those key components that need to be addressed to unlock that opportunity to recover the materials from the the new batteries in the marketplace. But the fact that they're sponsoring a competition to do that tells me that maybe we're not there yet in in terms of having this. Well, you have a closed system for lead-acid batteries. We probably don't have that for lithium-ion yet. Where are we in in terms of ramping that up? So if you think about uh, lithium-ion, we're a bit like uh, the early automobile before uh, Henry Ford introduced the Model T, when you had large quantities of of vehicles with uh, a, a set uh, set of technologies. There's still relatively few electric vehicles on the road today, and those batteries are going to last, particularly the high voltage batteries, for quite some time. So, the, you know, there are look, many people thinking about this and trying to figure out what are the opportunities for those batteries. Uh, there's opportunities to remanufacture them at the mm-hmm. end of life, so they they can turn right back into the vehicles that they were intended for. Uh, there are many who believe they can uh, use those batteries for other applications uh, for energy storage tied to the utility grid. And then you, after maximizing the value in and outside of the vehicle, uh, to be able to recover the materials that are used in, in those batteries. In our lithium-ion product, we're using and uh, able to recover the the same plastic that we make a conventional lead acid okay. battery out of. So you know we're we're starting with what we know. Uh, we could have chose any other plastic, but, but why do that? When you're able to recover the polypropylene, you're able to make a case out of that that, that functions. 
uh, and you can continue to reuse that. And there are components in these batteries today that are already being recovered and recycled. But the holy grail and what uh, the DOE and this lithium ion recycling prize is, is really about is how do you take those materials and turn them right back into batteries? And mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but, but the good news is that's what we're focused on. And there's quite a few people, including some of the best and brightest in our country and in, in, in the national labs that are, that are focused on this every day. Well, and I'm pleased and proud that Clarios is, is part of that and, and is helping to lead the way. You say the holy grail is to get 100% recyclability into a new battery. Where are we now on that scale? Can we get 50% of the chemistry and the, and, and the plastics back into it? How close are we to, uh, to, to being there with Sir Galahad and holding the grail? Uh, well, for, first and foremost, every battery is going to be different and unique. Uh, the batteries are going to be designed for specific applications and needs. And as you look at those trade-offs with you know, whatever the, the battery's intended for, you have to take a complete life cycle look at mm-hmm. it. And it, it requires a, a look at the, the materials that are, are going to be used, where they're sourced from, uh, what application those are intended for, how the battery is designed for a, a specified use or lifespan. Uh, you may choose materials that may extend the life of that battery pack that may have different characteristics at the end of life. Uh, They may be more appropriate for the type of application in a low voltage product versus a high voltage product. So it's hard to say at this point in time with a generic percentage where we're at. But what I can tell you is it takes a very intentional and deliberate approach as we think about Mm -hmm. not only the batteries as a technology, but batteries as an economy. Uh, so the materials that are needed, the supply chain that's required, the logistics to deliver and, and recover batteries, reverse logistics at the end of life. But to be able to design in these attributes for sustainability, for recoverability are all uh, critical components to achieve that that point and, and really achieve the holy grail I mentioned. Before I let you go, and it's it's still part of the life cycle uh, conversation, just at the at the at the beginning of life of a battery's life cycle, how are we doing in just the manufacture and meeting the demand, which we know is growing by the day? Do we have the sourcing? Do we have the supply chain? Do we have the raw materials uh, to satisfy this? And how long will it take until we can reach the you know the critical mass? So I think this is something we have to look at as an evolution. Uh, and the need to retool not only our uh, factories and and our supply chains, but our our mindset. Uh, nothing is static in the auto industry and uh, I, I mentioned I, I saw a Ford Ranchero in 1976, powder blue Ford Ranchero on the on the road. And if we thought about the world and the supply chain that was only required for that vehicle in the 1970s, right, we wouldn't have continued to evolve to be able to serve customers in the marketplace with the vehicles that are night and day, light years away from what that vehicle I saw this morning was and and so i think the mindset also needs to be retooled that you know we all we take for granted in the auto industry the almost continuous innovation uh you you hear this word reinvent yeah you know i think that's rehash uh that's not what we do in the auto sector we continue to invent invent continue to evolve there's uh technologies that are 
being used today that may not be used 10 years from now. They may not even be used five years from now. There may be combinations of materials that could be more effective. They could have different benefits. That's the really exciting part about the time we're in. It, it's hard because I know many of us, most of us want some kind of certainty, but if we embrace the, the, the time we're in and the opportunity that we have in front of us, it's really about building this economy, this battery economy that's dynamic that's ever growing, that's constantly innovating, to look to make sure you have the right materials in the right places from the right sources, and you're using those for the maximum value so you can reduce energy, you can reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And for business people, that reduces cost. And then ultimately, that helps reduce the cost of transportation and mobility for consumers. Well, exactly. You start to make it once you can reach that parity between an EV and an IC, um, that's when you really get consumer acceptance because that's that's one of the major obstacles now, even as we see people overcoming the range anxiety. Uh, but the financial anxiety is is still there for a lot of people. Adam, well, we, we appreciate the work so much. Any last words before we uh, close this one up? Well, I, I would say parity is not what we're looking for. Uh, if if Henry Ford was looking for parity with the Model T, we would be stuck in a certain point of time. Right. We need to look beyond where we're at today, some of the issues and challenges, because we're really getting this thing started. And this is the opportunity for us in the automotive sector. This is certainly the opportunity for us in, in Detroit uh, to embrace what we know how to do. Uh, is to take on these challenges in a dynamic, innovative way. And uh, it's it's the, uh, the best time in the world to be in this sector. But parity is not what we're looking for. We're looking to exceed and excel well beyond what we have today. And that's the exciting part. Amen. Adam Mueller-Weiss, who is the Chief Sustainability Officer of Clarios. We thank you so much. Thanks for being on Powering Tomorrow. Thank you, Guy. And we appreciate the work you're doing with the Responsible Battery Coalition on behalf of all of us seeking sustainability. And thanks for being with us today for the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarius. Don't forget to subscribe to each month's podcast. It'll be downloaded straight to your device. We'll have another exciting discussion next month. Until then, I'm Guy Gordon.